Greetings and welcome to Sisterly Soul Stories. This is Erica Dotson and I'm so grateful that you decided to join me today. We are kicking off season two of our podcast and now we are also incorporating video. So I'm excited about this transition and I'm excited about our guest that we have with us today. This sister is amazing. Shalia Reed is the Chief of Staff for Aldine ISD here in Houston. She's also a PR extraordinaire, wife, mom, and woman of God. So I'm grateful that she took a few moments out of her very, very busy schedule to spend some time with us in the community today. So greetings, Shalia, and welcome to Sisterly Soul Stories. Hey, Erica. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I heard you introduce that this is now video. I think that I should have gotten my face beat or whatever oh, that, no. the word that they say, but this is what you're going to get. Yes, <laughs> and you look amazing. You look Thank rested. You. you look refreshed. Um, and there's nothing like being mom, right? Something about being That's mom right. and just being able to sit in mommyhood that gives you that radiant glow. So you are just fine. <laughs> Thank you. I have been home. This is week eight or nine or something like that um, okay. away from work. Uh, I, I did a week without a baby and then the, the rest of the time I, I, I welcome number two and uh, if you can hear a, a, a snore that's him in the background <laughs> it's, it's our own little lullaby so um, I'm just going to tell you guys that up front that that I'm here but I'm also here with uh, with Mr. Anders who is right now taking a nap. So you are just fine. He is welcome. This is a sister circle. We we do what, what we need to do to, to be in community together. So let me just ask you, how are you? How are you? And what are you doing to care for yourself during this difficult time in our world, <laughs> in life, in yeah. pandemic, <laughs> everything? How are you doing? You know, um, I'm really good. I'm at a, a good place. Um, I I think about the pandemic and all the different um, phases of it. And there were there were times where I couldn't answer that and say that I'm good. I could say I was okay. I could say, well, it could be better, but I will say, right, I'm really good. Um, I see like the clouds clearing. I feel like the sun is coming out and I feel like there's an opportunity for, um, for me to kind of get back into a rhythm. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest and tell you that like before the pandemic, well, I should say, yeah, pre-pandemic, I had a baby, <laughs> another baby, mm -hmm. his Anders' brother, Mr. Alden, and I had him in 2019. And so, you know, with a baby means you got to slow down. And he was, you know, he was six months old when the pandemic really kicked off. Mm -hmm. And that meant the world not only slowed down, but I had already been on a somewhat of a, of a sabbatical in a way. Um, and then, you know, then the world closed and we were at home. And I think that our whole social life and our family and, and how we operate on the world switched. And I had, an, I had to make an adjustment. I'm used to kind of going and doing and balancing life. Um, and now um, it hasn't been that way. And when it was time to go back to the open world I'm pregnant again so that means I'm you know coming back in my shell now I feel like he's gonna be big the world's gonna open we're gonna have some freedom and I'm getting on a plane and going somewhere so yeah. there's, there's some hope for me um and how I'm taking care of myself you know I have really brought um in and and use it as a pause to really reflect on what is it that we should be doing in the world what how do we want to feel and use it as an opportunity to kind of just sit in it. Um, and and that, has, that has brought me some joy. I've learned my new house, you know, I've gotten to spend time with family. Um, I've read, I've hung out with friends on Zoom and Facebook, mm -hmm. and I've caught up with folks that, um, you know, that in just a regular day, you might not have had an opportunity to catch up on. So it, it, it's been pretty good. That's awesome. And thank you for the, the transparency in your share. And I can 100% relate. I'm used to being on the go. And that's what that was one of the pieces uh, that made it very difficult during the quarantine is just having to sit with yourself. But I learned how to sit with myself. And I think mm -hmm. because of that, I'm stronger for the world now, right? I now yeah, have coping mechanisms. I have ways to keep calm in this space where stress is. And I know how to dial it back when I need to. 
So I'm excited to hear a little bit more um, about what you're doing to feel yourself um, and shield yourself uh, from all of the toxicity that exists in our world today. I mean, from social media to television and listen, I don't want to get on this too long, but I am still like suffering post-secondary uh, stress, trauma from the Oscars this weekend. <laughs> I just wanted to to hear we don't care about Bruno or we don't talk about Bruno anymore yeah. and witness uh, some crazy mess. And that was very difficult. And I said, you know what? Too much TV. So what are you doing? Yeah. How do you shield yourself? You know what? That's very interesting. And I, um, I, I, I go through these phases. So as you know, like with the newborn, your schedule is their schedule. So there are many nights where like, I have spent my time watching TV, all of it. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, like I've done the whole Bridgerton series. I've done all the Real oh. Housewives, Potomac, <laughs> Atlanta, Salt Lake City. I'm caught up on all of those. I have done all of Abbott. I've done all of This Is Us. Like I'm caught up on all my TVs, right? Uh -huh. Um. I have done, I've looked on all the social media sites. I've cleaned out who, my, who I'm following, who I'm not following. Yeah, I've yeah. I've come up with rules of conduct for myself. And, you know, there are some nights where I think, geez, maybe I'm interacting too much or maybe I'm seeing too much or maybe mm -hmm. I'm engaging too much. Um, and then I like, you know, go into these, these thoughts, Erica, where I'm like, well, I'm going to just take social media away from myself and go on a, a break and like disappear from the world. Yeah. And then, you know, I get out of the shower and then I go back and I pick my phone back up and I'm back, <laughs> you know, talking to somebody or doing whatever. And to be honest, um, and, and I, I learned this from my therapist, actually, we were talking about anxiety. Um, I think we all live with some level of anxiety. Some of us have it um, a little worse than others. Mm -hmm. Some of us are managing it. Some of us don't even know what, what to call it, but we're all living with some form of butterflies in our stomach or a knot in our throat, right? Mm -hmm. And I was talking to her about it, um, especially um, as you just mentioned, like when with the shutdown, right? Like we had been uh, probably 2020, July, August, September, I was like, look, yeah. <laughs> football season is canceled. What am I gonna do? We we travel for football. I was like, oh, I can't, I'm not, I didn't go on a summer vacation. Like I just was feeling some kind of way. And um we talked about like what is it? And I and what we rec what I recognized, and I think with her help, learned that for me to like get rid of those butterflies, to deal with the the, the frog in your throat or the like sweating. Mm -hmm. um, I need knowledge. And so I have to seek information because I have a lot of questions, right? Um, as, as a communications person, as a journalist, um, like even as just like how I live in my regular life, like I need information. Like I seek information. So like I'm reading newspapers, I'm reading books. I'm, re I'm always reading something or taking the information. Mm -hmm. And so I can't just cold turkey stop that. Now I'm in another problem. So what I had to do is like read information and then come to conclusions myself. So the way I shield myself is that I ultimately ask myself what the question is. Mm. And then I seek information. Like, what question do I have? Like, yeah. you know, if, I'm ha if I am feeling a way, like, what is the, what is the question that you have? What is the concern? And then I seek that information out, like, right. And try to um, come to a conclusion myself. Mm. When I, in my job, my job is to not only take in information, but then I have to digest it and then translate it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like really fast and really soon for like all different kinds of audiences. And I can't cut that off. You know, I have to do that. So I have to seek information and then like seek as much as I can mm -hmm. and, and just deal with it. So, so that's the way I shield myself. I'll also tell you that... Um, <laughs> I spent the whole, I'm still spending time. Like I watched a hundred sermons. I watched, you know, on full sermons. I like watched little clips on Instagram and those have really helped me. Yeah. I think that there was, um, I, I'm not a wheeler, a, a wheeler, a member at wheeler. Um, but I, I, I keep them close. Right. And yeah. I was watching <laughs> um, a Wednesdays in the word. I don't know. This was very early. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
he did the Lord's prayer mm-hmm. um, and broke it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he do the Lord's prayer? Yeah, it was the Lord's prayer. I'm pretty positive of it. And he broke it down and um, talked about how each piece meant something different. And I think that that really set a tone for me. It mm-hmm. really helped me to understand that like, um, we're supposed to be resting right now. Um, we're supposed to be calm right now. Mm -hmm. Um, we're supposed to use this as an opportunity. So that has helped me. And then also I have another church (laughs) all the way in, um, in the DC area, Mm -hmm. um, Alfred street. Yeah. Remember he snuck out and gave us, um, a sermon about, um, Selah, um, Mm -hmm. that he, and I would encourage anyone to go and listen to it, but he did a whole speech on Selah, which was his announcement that he was taking a sabbatical. Yes. And it just coincided with, um, with, with COVID. And I think that listening to him and understanding that, like, if this is a man of God, who, who his, his whole purpose in life is to be a shepherd for others. And he knows that he needs a timeout. Well, then maybe perhaps we all need a timeout. Absolutely. Um, and then if I'm honest, you know, my very own pastor, um, Pastor Blake at Crossover, you know, all of his sermons um, give me an opportunity to feel like I'm walking around with a toolbox and a, a shield and a way to protect myself from the ways of the world and know that like what is happening out there doesn't necessarily affect, impact me the same way because as you described me, um, I've, I've never described myself that way, but as a woman of God, I have a different set of tools and ways to on which to operate the world. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for those nuggets. I love, first of all, the question, finding out the question. That That's so powerful because a lot of times when you're spinning, you're trying to make sense of what's happening and to center that's yourself. That's an amazing way to do that. So I, I find great value in that share. Um, and then also I'm, I'm amused because all the people that you named, all the churches that you <laughs> named, I also listened to um, and gained strength and insight from Dr. Cosby and um, Dr. Uh, Howard John Wesley, and then also uh, my classmate, uh, Blake Wilson. So thank you so much. Um, so To move into our conversation for today, I always like to ask our guests, how do you want to center our conversation? And when you share with me what you wanted to talk about, I got really excited. And that's living in abundance and not lack. And I thought this was perfect because we're spring now and this is a time when people start reevaluating. So we do a little bit at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the year, but something about spring um, especially of those of us who are in the academic world, you kind of begin to shut down the school year, think about the summer that gives us time to rest and rejuvenate and reflect and think about how we could shift, how we could be better, how we can grow personally in our practice and our work with our families. And so I thought this was so appropriate uh, this time of year and to kick off season two. So I want to hear all about how we um, live in abundance and not lack. And so I always like to start our conversations reflecting because I feel like it's a story. Um, yeah. As you talk about your perspective now and who you are now, it starts somewhere. And I feel like it always starts in childhood. So as you tell us your story, tell us about little Shalia. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I actually am trying to figure out how do I back into this living in um, abundance. And um, I'm you, you didn't even have to ask me because I think it all goes back to my childhood. Um, I first wanted to say that like abundance and lack is not necessarily like the things, right? Like the physical things we can touch. Mm-hmm. It's really about a mindset and then the things come. Um, you also may hear people talk about manifesting. You may hear people talk about, um, you know, uh, drawing things to them, like all of those things. They're, it's really kind of in the same vein. Um, I had a beautiful childhood. I mean, absolutely great childhood um, that it has some, you know, it has some stories in it. And and one day I'm going to write a book and then the book's going to become a movie. And I'm still not going to be able to tell all the stories because there's so many crazy things that happen that nobody would ever believe it. But um, what I recognize is that and maybe Erica, some of this is is coming out organically. So I, I don't know. But you know, what I do recognize is that I do believe that everything that happens for us 
right, leads ultimately to the good. Like it, it's all interconnected and like there's a reward at the end and it's a mansion with, you know, many rooms, right? Um, and so I get that. I, I totally recognize that. But I think what happens through our journey, we start thinking about the no's more than the yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that last year I said, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I'm not a no person. I'm a yes person. Yeah. I'm a, when I go to sleep at night, I'm tired because I've, done, I've given the day my day, right? I've given the day my all. And I think that I've lived my life like that even as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom says um, that I talked my entire childhood <laughs> and I talked to adults. Um, you know, she says that you know, she couldn't keep up with me because I was with somebody else every time. Like I was with my grandmother or my aunts or, you know, I went to go spend time with other people. Mm-hmm. And apparently when I went to spend time with other people, I was able to enjoy life. Right. So I, I think about those things. Um, I am the, I'm the oldest of my, I have, of my family. I have one brother. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents actually grew up in Houston, Texas in Sunnyside. Mm-hmm. Um, they've known each other their whole entire life. Uh, and when I close my eyes and think about my childhood, it is very much centered in Sunnyside, Texas. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a grandmother, um, Ruby Gales. I can see her now. Um, she was absolutely one of my most favorite people in the entire world. And I think that she lived in abundance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she had, she has five girls, one boy. Mm-hmm. The boy happens to be my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, if you walk into her house, there is stuff, honey. There is, <laughs> there are antiques. There are, uh, she collected birds and she didn't collect one or two birds. She collected all the birds, curio cabinets. Um, things were like, you know, um, her vanity. I can see it right now. Her dresser is covered in um, perfume. Uh, I think about the perfume man who knocked on her door um, and gave her the newest fragrance. I think about her dresser had a thick marble slab like this and her headboard was gold and ornate. Mm. she had swag draperies of like the most ultimate quality, right? In the middle of the hood, yeah, as we would call it. Yes. So she absolutely lived in abundance. Mm-hmm. And she was a church going woman. She went to church every time it was open. And, <laughs> and she was the person closing the door. And when she got home, she cooked for the pastor, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like she had a lot. Um, it's not like she money monetarily it's not like she was rich or wealthy or our parents you know didn't start the railroad there was no there was no history of like that in my family but she made um good decisions with the resources that she had and I think probably what seeped into me is that she uh counted on the on God to close to close the gap for her Mm -hmm. so she did her best and counted on him to do the rest Mm -hmm. and so I think that um, that probably starts it and my mom is the exact same way. Um, she never told me no. I was in all kind of activities. You know, I went to her and was like, mom, I want to be in top teens and I'm going to run for Miss Top Teen. And she probably looked at me like, girl, you don't know what <laughs> But I won Miss Top Teen. I had the best dress. You know, I went and got my hair done. She, she never said no. She just found a way. Um, and I think that that really helps me know that like there's always going to be an opportunity Uh, my other grandmother her name is othella both of both of my grandmothers are deceased but Mm -hmm. othella has nine children Mm -hmm. um and again you walked to her house and there was food on the table all the time Mm -hmm. uh she was always making a cake or she was always you know taking food down to a neighbor um and i'm thinking well that's a that's another example of abundance like she never went without and she had enough to give to other Mm-hmm. so I think that those things really helped me to realize that like I make more money than if I'm honest both of my grandparents probably my mom mm-hmm. and dad combined mm-hmm. but there are times when I'm telling myself no or mm-hmm. there are times when I'm worried about how something's gonna happen mm-hmm. and I'm talking about money but like I also have more access to things, healthcare, resources, yeah. people mm-hmm. than they had. And I have concern. They they lived it and I saw it come, come, you know, come and happen. And they, you know, came people like me and my cousins and my brother 
So why, why would I ever live in a place where things are not possible? Yes. Um, and I, I don't know when the shift happened, um, but I said, go back to that. And I, I really think maybe if I think hard enough that maybe during COVID, I closed my mind to dreaming what was possible. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, to cope, I had to figure out a way to get out of that. And maybe, and maybe that's it. I, I don't know. But here I am um, walking into 2022s with a theme of rich. That's my theme for the year. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm rich in love. I'm with rich in friends. I'm rich in hope. I'm rich in um, access. I'm rich in laughter and, and, and everything else. And, and that, you know, positions me to, to live a life of abundance. And I think that we all should be living that way um, and not in lack. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important because as I reflect, as I'm listening to you, I, of course, think about my grandparents and think about my parents and how I was reared. And of course, I had a wonderful childhood also. Um, But I think that some of the richness that my great grandmother, who I call Big Mama, um, who is deceased, some of the richness that she possessed was the love that she had uh, for her family, her love for God and her willingness to pour into everyone around her. And so because our lives are so different, um, we, we get consumed with busyness. And, and that busyness, I feel like, robbed us of a lot of our richness. And so when we were all at home and all the same, and we all had to be in the house and we couldn't do anything, and we, you know, there was... Um, some uniformity in how we were living our lives at the time. Um, I think that is when I also began to think about what matters um, and what counts. And I I felt very rich being able to spend time with my family um, and just to hear them share stories and to gain strength from one another and to even pray together. That was so powerful and important to me. So, but as you reflect on seeing your grandmother, seeing your family. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how your faith was formed. So, of course, those are values um, and, and those are the foundations of who you are that that built you. But in addition to that, when you think about your faith life and your and your God, your God consciousness, when when and how was that formed? Um, I don't know that I can separate myself from like ever, you know, from not being um, connected to faith because I think that some of the things that you that I mentioned and even the things that you share, mm-hmm. both of my grandparents were very much you know faith. Both of my grandmothers and and my grandfathers too, um, but different different situation. Very much rooted in you know God will provide um, you know the faith of a mustard seed. Very much there, right? Um, I think that I also connect to my mother who. Um, pretty much introduced it, lived it um, in a different way, right? Than than my grandmother's, um, but lived actually lived out loud what faith meant, and that is, you know, taking a step before you see the stair. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, keeping us connected to God by going to church, and you know, um, keeping kind of other people like that around us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't. say that it's been disconnected I will say that there have been times in my life where um I've had to realize like oh this is this is God only Mm -hmm. and um if I'm honest you know um probably as we decided to have a family I had to develop my very own connection to God in a different way right Mm -hmm. like I think you know a good life I, I never really ran into any challenges where you know I had to like see him for him see him in that way I I felt him but not really see him in that way um Pastor Blake says this I think it's him you know like when you see someone at at church and they're crying or you see someone you know running around the church playing on the altar um altar you don't know what their story is right you don't know what their hallelujah means Mm -hmm. and um I think that I had to have my own moments of like oh, I can lay on the altar right now. Like, I know what it means to know God only. And um, as we, you know, decided to have a family, there were some times where it was like, okay, well, it's going to be God 
only, you know, it's, yeah. it's not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be able to go buy something. I'm not going to be able to fix this by getting my hair done or cut or colored or, you know, going on a vacation. This is going to be really God. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, although I had that faith, I would say it's that moment where I came to it in myself. And, and that was as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Uh, in college, there were things that <laughs> times I prayed to God, like, God, if you let me make an A, I promise I'm going to study Right. Uh, and if we're really honest, God, if you let me get get, get home tonight, or you, um, you know, if you, I won't drink again, or I won't mm-hmm. go out. Mm-hmm. I, I've had those moments, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but that's not the same of knowing, like, mm-hmm. oh no, nobody did this but God. And and I learned. I think my husband and I learned it together yeah. um, as we were trying to, you know, determine how and when we were. And so I would say that's when my faith probably kicked in in a different way. Now, and I think that that is maturity, mm-hmm. that um, maybe spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that also comes with what you mentioned, busyness in a way, where sometimes we think that because we're studying, because we're doing what's right, because we are making good decisions, that um, we're the reason why we have these um, nice houses, nice cars, you know, good jobs. But what we really know is that it's God and, it, and it's God alone. And um, it was in those moments that I realized that everything that I'm doing is um, centered and pointed back on on serving him and being a servant for him. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are many of us who um, grew up and can identify the spaces of wealth mm-hmm. in our lives, mm-hmm. whether it's the richness of sharing in family or even financial prosperity. But what about our sisters who did not experience either that may have had difficult home lives or may even right now be struggling? What do you say to them? How do they live in abundance? How do they access the same power that we speak about? Yeah. So actually the way I came up with saying I'm rich, you know, um, is because I was talking to a friend and we were um, thinking about our story, right? Like in our job, um, sometimes we have opportunity to go through leadership programs or really like harness the power of being a leader and strengthen our leadership um, kind of traits. And she was talking about like how to develop her story Um, and, you know, she said, well, you know, she does not have the story of, you know, not having enough when, as a child, her, she didn't have, um, those things. And, you know, I remember I walked into the room and I was like, I'm rich. And she was like, what do you mean? And I told her, you know, I'm not rich in wealth. I'm rich in love. I'm rich in hope. I'm rich in all those things. And, you know, what I would say to those sisters is being rich has little to do with money. We know if if we want to go back to the Oscars, we know that rich people are unhappy. Yeah, we know that rich people are struggling. Mm-hmm. We know they look nice but may not feel nice. Mm-hmm. And so I think that living in abundance and being rich is not about the things of the world. It's about you know um, how you access what God has already provided you, which is hope, love, family. You know the things that we learned in Sunday school. And I think that the way you become rich is, is that you target those things, you lean into those things and you find, um, pa- hold on one second. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, <laughs> he's waking up. Hi, baby. Oh, he's not waking up. <laughs> it's funny because all of my talking I think that it reminds him of when I was, when he was in the womb, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because I mm-hmm. talked the whole time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just saying that I think that we, we don't need to connect richness to resources. We need to connect it to, you know, some of the values that we have and, and lean into those. And you can be rich with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be rich in love. You can be rich in hope, mm-hmm. um, in faith. Um, and you're going to have to be rich in faith and hope and and joy to really um, exist in this world. Because if you don't have those, and if your bank account is empty, it's, it's just not going to be, it's, it doesn't matter how much you have. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's also like just having something to hold on to. And I was driving this morning and um, I'm from LA originally. And I listened to um, KGLH on an app. That's a local station. 
because I enjoy listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. (laughs) And one of the things he was talking about this morning was just appreciating all that you have now. So you may not have everything you want, but there are things in your life that you possess that are from God's hand alone. And there are some things that he worked out on your behalf that you didn't even have a chance to ask for. You were just going about (laughs) and just thinking just thinking about it and maybe noticing something that was a difficulty or a challenge. And he just went ahead and fixed it. And he just went ahead and worked it out. And I had to just kind of pause there because I said, okay, Lord, come on. Because there are so many things that I mean to pray for. Listen, I forgot. Go to sleep. (laughs) Mid prayer, sleep, woke up and did I get to that? Um, and because he, he already knows us, uh, because he has an abundance of love for us, he just goes ahead and goes before us as he always does and just gives us grace and figures it out. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but this is pastor Steve, uh, (laughs) pastor Uh Steve Harvey. He's really going (laughs) to center my, um, this maternity leave. And um, it's crazy because he doesn't even know some of the things that he says. I don't even know if he knows, right? It might be in joke. It might be in confidence. Uh-huh. So two things have happened during this, during this time for me, right? So one, I am absolutely in love with Family Feud. I never watched Family Feud before, <laughs> but I love it. And I love it because he, he carries the show. Yes, yes. And he drops gems when he's talking to people, when he's introducing them, he pours life into people. I saw him uh, affirm a mom, a grandmother, so strong. I I got a tear and I'm like, this is a whole show. And he told that lady, you are beautiful and wonderful. And I know your families. I was like, Mm -hmm. um, so Pastor Steve has a way, right? (laughs) And um, you know, at the end, I remember he t- he told somebody, you know, you have the little competition, yeah. And the lady did not do good. Uh, she didn't have enough points, right? She didn't do anything. And he he walked a gentleman. The gentleman came out. I think it was her brother. And he looked at him. He said, "Look, you play basketball, right?" And he said, "Yes." Yeah. He said, "Well, you gonna have to take this ball and you gonna have to <laughs> run with it. And you just do what you know to do, mm-hmm. and that, and it's gonna all come together." Yeah. And I mean, he hit him on the shoulder and the gentleman was like, ooh, ooh. And I'm like, this is happening on TV. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, do people yeah. know this? Yeah. And he, he got in there and you could tell he answered the questions and, and they won, the, you know, the, the jackpot at the end. I said, that's all Steve Harvey. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, watch, I probably watch Steve Harvey's Family <laughs> Feud like I'm watching church. Like yeah. I'm looking for the nuggets. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I have mm-hmm. my phone out. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one thing. Then um, my mom is, I mean, amazing, right? Um, she is here. She she has come in and really helped us take care of our family. And um, so she watches Tubi. I don't know if y'all know what this is. Uh-huh. But it's one mm-hmm. apps. She's obsessed with it. She knows everything about it. Uh-huh. and I don't know she left and Tubi was on and the Apollo show came on mm-hmm. right and <laughs> versions of Apollo um well somehow I ended up watching the Apollo where Steve Harvey was the host mm-hmm. and Erica this got in my spirit and it I said I want I want to live my life like Steve Harvey at the Apollo <laughs> because he had made it, mm-hmm. if you think about it. That was like he came from being a comedian mm-hmm. to something else. And he was on the Apollo made that was his joy. He made it. Like, woo, I made it. I got a big check. I'm on this large stage. It's on TV. And we didn't even know what was what yeah. was coming for him. Yes. Yes. We didn't, he didn't even know what was coming for him. And I just want to live my life like Steve Harvey at the Apollo. Mm-hmm. Where you struggled enough and you think you've made it in that moment and you don't even know what God has for you. Mm-hmm. And now we see Pastor Steve walking on, you know, walking on all the uh, red carpets. His wife is beautiful and is a, you know, a fashionista. 
Yes. You know, he probably got more money for his family. He's connected to his children. He's had a talk show since. He's written a book. He's had a movie. He didn't even know what was left for him. Yeah. And in that moment, I said, that's why you got to live in abundance. Yes. Because if you were living in lack, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even dream that that's what could happen. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. would be stuck on saying, well, I'm, I'm just at the Apollo. Yeah. So life sorry, lessons. but I, I. No, life <laughs> lessons from Steve Harvey. So as you were speaking, yeah. I was just thinking about, first of all, um, how rich we are and how good God is to us because he will use anyone to get a message to us. Um, he will speak to us in a song that's secular. He will speak that's to right. us while watching the Apollo um, <laughs> or by scrolling social media. If there is a, a message, a word that he wants to get to you, he will get it to you. Um, yep. But also when I think about Steve Harvey, what I can say also is that he kept going. He did not give up. I've been hearing more and more about his story um, and Mm -hmm. just about some of the adversities he faced and endured and to know that he didn't allow those things to count him out, but that he continued to move forward and he made the most of every stage he was in. So while he was doing the Apollo, he may not have been where he wanted to be, but he had a good time being there and he kept pressing and he gave it 100. And so that's a word for for me and for anyone who joins us today that even if you may feel like you're not where you want to be or you don't have all that you want to have, enjoy the moment and maximize the moment. Thank God for what it is and trust him for what can be because his ways are, are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We may make plans. but he orders our steps and he knows better than we do anyway. So we Mm -hmm. might as well just go ahead, live in this moment, thank him for what it is, keep pushing and trust him for the rest. And so when I look at Steve Harvey, um, I agree, I see that. Um, Mm -hmm. And definitely motivation. Yep. I I don't know if you knew that we were going to have a whole sermon about Steve. No, but but look, but so again, Um, look at the sovereignty of God that I just happened to be listening to Steve Harvey. It happened to hit and I happened to mention. So he is one of your pastors. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) Oh, ma'am, I have a list. I belong to a lot of churches. Uh, Sometimes I belong to the, the, you know, I mean, I do belong to a lot of churches because like you said, the message can come. And I think that there's another piece for me that about, about being rich is like leaving your hands open. Because if you're giving, you're receiving. If yeah. your hands are open, it's it's for rich, right? Like you're accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if your hands are closed, you have enough, and we don't ever have enough. And that, to me, speaks to lack. Mm-hmm. It's not you got to always find the positive in it. And and so yeah, he might be a pastor this week. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, like you said, um, I I love me some Rick Ross and Claus and all the other folks that you know, as my pastor would say, need to be in somebody's church. But, um, you know, I, I think you can, you can find God in all of those things. You can find an opportunity to align yourself, to motivate yourself and get there. Pastor Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with him. <laughs> yes. Change your lives every day. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's go Pastor Prime. I mean, he, he's got a word and I think that that's what we have to be looking for. When is God speaking to us? And it's not when we're in church. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when we are walking through the world. Mm-hmm. And I think during the quarantine, I saw that a lot too, because I'm, I'm a church girl. I mean, I grew up going to church several times a week. So then not being able to go, mm-hmm. you have to pause and figure out, so how do I maintain, how do I manage this, this relationship, this, this life? And for me, it was so um, empowering because many times when you grow up going to church or when you go all the time, you're used to someone else facilitating it for you. Um, And so when you don't have that, and you have to figure it out for yourself, you realize that God is always speaking. There's, there's always a message. And so we, we chuckle about Rick Ross, but he belongs to the Lord also, you know? Um, And so when I remember I was going to the mall, having a really tough day, 
um, got to my car and the spirit said, look to your left. And it was this huge flower bed. Mm. Um, I never even paid attention, you know, just drove in, parked, when the mall came out. And I heard the spirit of God say, if I can take care of all of these flowers and ensure that here on the side of the road, in the mall parking lot, that they are tended to, and look at their beauty and look at their splendor. How much more do I care for you? How much more can I handle the affairs of your life? Just in that moment, just ran in, spent money I didn't need to spend, came and got to my car with things on my mind, and the Lord sent the word through a flower bed. And I think you're absolutely right. Being in a posture to receive, being in a posture to uh, hear what God has to say to you, maybe not just for you, but also for others, having your hands open to give, but also to receive, um, I mm -hmm. think is a posture that he wants us to always remain in. Um, it's a posture of abundance. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I was driving uh, some weeks ago and I was thinking about how God had done something great for me yet again, um, of, of not of anything that I did, but just him fixing something for me. And I remembered this song that they used to sing in my church in LA, uh, you can't beat God given, mm. no matter how hard you try. Um, the more you give, the more he gives back to you. And it was just a song that normally they would sing during offering time. So you just put your money in and chit chatting. But that song arrested me. <laughs> grab me by the reins of my mind as Pastor Terry Anderson says and, and wouldn't let go and I said I got it I, I, I got it it's always being open not only to give to but to receive and to and to give to others um, and to be a vessel mm -hmm. and I think that's when he can use us when we make the decision to be a vessel Ooh, ooh. <laughs> That, now that just took me right a little moment that I didn't even know. Um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and every decision that is made or every choice, somebody's going to see it. And um, I, what is happening to me is I'm thinking about, we bought, um, we bought this house, we bought a new house, right? Um, and we moved the day COVID, the, the, the world closed, right? It's the day spring break never ended um, yeah, yeah. Um, for us. And um, we had one child so it's my husband myself and a child and we have five bedrooms mm -hmm. and um you know somebody might say why do y'all have that big old house and then COVID happened and mom came and mm -hmm. she had her own room mm -hmm. and then Chris dad came and he has his own room which is not the same as mom mm -hmm. and um somebody came and spent the night because they because they couldn't get to their dad and they had their own room yeah. and we were able to social distance in the house, right? And so I think about, you cannot beat him because <laughs> you don't mm -hmm. even know what you need. Mm -mm. I mm -hmm. know that I was going to need that place, you know. Yeah. And then the other thing that really has me is that we started this conversation and, and your those listening won't know this, but we talked about going back to mater on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. And um and you, you know, you said what you said. It wasn't bad, right? But mm -hmm. it, it is has been um, a conversation that I've had with myself. Like, you know, as a mom and as a, um, you know, a, a professional, have I been home too long? Am I going to be home long enough? Mm -hmm. And what I recognize is every day that I am able to be a mom and a professional, there is some woman also thinking I can I can be like that too mm. or some woman saying maybe I need to make a better decision or a different decision and so yeah I wish I could be home longer but I also recognize that part of my assignment is to be an example for professional women and how to balance a life right um those young women and 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 older women who call themselves a boss right and they're trying to figure out like how to navigate the professional world. And then here I am saying, well, I'm gonna take a little pause <laughs> and go yeah. have a baby. Um, but again, it's, I can't beat them giving. I'm here and not worried about a, a thing, work, home, 
and it's because I just know he he's gonna handle it all. We got you. <laughs> and it, he's so gracious because he's giving you the time and space to to feel that and to recognize that and to yes. know that as a role model, women do need to see that you can take the time. You could be a boss, but then also you could be a boss of your home and yes. take that time to take care of you, be a boss of you, <laughs> make sure you're okay. Um, because a lot of times people think that abundance and being a boss is external but it's very much internal first and so it's such a, a rich blessing that you have the opportunity um to take that time to to be a boss of yourself yeah. and of your family I like that you said a boss of myself I'm gonna I'm gonna write that one down too <laughs> because sometimes we forget you know um we forget that part we just want to lead other people but we have to lead ourselves too and so also so for me turning 40 stepping into the the 40 land uh has definitely helped me to be a better boss of me because really? oh yes because I think that while I lead other people um I also have allowed myself to be led in the past and maybe mm. sometimes put my wants second to the wants of others and to the needs of others but someone told me once you hit 40 and I was like because huh, huh, I turned 40 in the pandemic so I didn't really feel like this big mm -hmm. click mm -hmm. but I feel it now because <laughs> I am the boss of me <laughs> and if I don't want to do it I don't do it if it doesn't feel good I'm gonna say no this is not it um, if I need to move around I don't care how it looks I'm gonna move around because I need to ensure that I'm handling me well because so many people are connected and tied to me being okay. Ooh. And so my first responsibility is to make sure I'm good because I have a, a baby girl that's looking to me as a pattern, a role model. And I always keep in my mind, like I heard in some class somewhere on some campus that by age eight, their, their form, their foundation of, of who they're going to be. And so my daughter is seven. So like, I'm always so conscious of, let me make sure she sees this. Let me make sure I say that. Let me make sure that I model this. I'm tired. I lay down. I need something. I go get it. If I don't want to do it, I don't do it. And I try to process out loud for her to be a part of that. So she can mm. also learn uh, what that means. And so if I'm not handling me, what am I showing her? What am I showing the people I lead at work? What am I showing my family members that count on me to come through for them? You know, so yes, boss up, boss up. <laughs> I love that. You know, I go back and, you know, I was thinking about my childhood and, and, and you know, you said by eight, but I think that um, my mom, you know, my mom says I'm, I'm who I was right now. Right. And then I read, I was going through some pictures <clears throat> and in seventh grade, this guy wrote a thing that said to Shalia, May you always keep, I, I don't really know what he, I can't remember exactly what he said, but basically he was like, keep being yourself. And I think that um, maybe when I walked into 40, I too turned 40 and during the pandemic and it, it wasn't the, the celebration that I thought it was going to be, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, then last year I turned 40 again, right? Plus one more. And I'm gonna turn 40 plus one more, plus one more again, because I'm gonna keep celebrating mm -hmm, <laughs> until mm -hmm. I feel like I celebrate. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but I did think that I realized is that like you already have what you need in you, but mm -hmm. maybe we get caught up right, like living for the world or make or 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 being impacted by the world and the decisions and the looks that people give us when really we already knew we were we already were formed right when we were born, but also by seven and eight the foundation is there, and if we just go back to that, that's probably going to guide us, and so. My mom tells me now I'm so much more. She can see and hear the little me yeah. in this big version of myself, which is strange, but uh, so very true. And then I think about my my two-year-old. He is, whew, and if he's going to be like this for the rest of his life, <laughs> watch our world. Watch out. <laughs> but I do think that like, it's already in us. We just have to remember that it's there. Mm -hmm. huh and maybe that's what the pause was about for yeah. all of us yeah to access it yeah 
Mm -hmm. To access it. So Shalia, this has been a wonderfully refreshing conversation today. And I thank you for allowing us to steal a few moments from that precious little one of yours. Um, any you. closing thoughts before we end today? Um, you know, I do. I just challenge everyone who's listening to think about um, when they're faced with a decision or when they're going through something in their life to think about how, how they're actually... Um, approaching the world and approaching that decision and approaching that frustration and and think about how we help define what richness means and it's not about you know the check you can write or the um, number of zeros in your bank account but how are you really as you said posturing yourself mm -hmm. to um to allow God to work through you right mm -hmm. um I I so I'm gonna I'm saying that to remind myself Mm -hmm. And then also, I'm just going to remind uh, everyone to like watch Family Feud yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, watch God work through Steve Harvey. And, and it's <laughs> funny, but I'm really like, I yeah. can't wait what he says next because he really is pouring into others. And um, I think he's a great example of how he's using his job and his platform to do good work. And it, it can remind, it reminds us all that we have an opportunity to do the same no matter where we are. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate you and I wish you so much uh, love and peace and joy um, and grace as you continue during this time uh, nursing and loving on your family and on yourself as you prepare to transition back to taking care of so many others. Uh, we salute you as we close out Women's History for all the wonderful things that you are doing, all the new trails that you are blazing, um, and pray God's very best for your life uh, from today and moving forward. <laughs> thank you so much. Absolutely. And so thank you all so much for listening, tuning in today. I encourage you to listen to the podcast and you can find it on any streaming platform, Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, but also you can look at us here on Facebook or YouTube. So have a wonderful day and we'll see you soon.